this is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to sessions from the media rumble 2018 first of all thank you for being here and thanks to my panel for being here um i will introduce my panel from the closer side to the far side um we're going to be discussing podcasts and once i've introduced them uh, i'll tell you why i personally think they're a very important part of the next few decades Agita Pandey has been with the BBC for more than 20 years. She is the women and social affairs editor for BBC News Online in Delhi. She writes news stories and features from the BBC News website and travels through India to report on exclusive stories. According to the Deccan Herald, Kalki Kochalin had the following Kekla, is that how you pronounce it? Okay. Following to say about BBC's Kalki Presents, which is produced by the BBC. and uh, this is what she said if you are young and indian this is your podcast and even if you aren't i still think you will love it i'm bringing you the most amazing stories about young indians for young indians some of the stories are uplifting but some are pretty raw so we'll hear your experience of the podcast uh, then i'd like to introduce christopher lyden with no disrespect meant to the other two podcasters uh, it's been a dream for me to actually speak with him uh his was the first podcast i started listening to and i was hooked and last year we had a panelist uh, from the states um michael zenders and i was just casually telling him that i'm such a fan of this podcaster called christopher lyden and he said oh he's a friend of mine i can get him next year and i was blown out of my mind i was like you're just kidding he says no seriously so chris is here so thank you so much chris Chris is also the father of the podcast. The first podcast was put up on the internet by Chris. So he is really big and we are privileged to have him. Uh, after that, um uh, you know, personal introduction let me do the official one. Christopher Lyden is the host of Open Source an online forum for conversations on arts, ideas and politics since 2005. Although I read somewhere 2003 was the first time he uploaded a podcast. But Open Source is from 2005. you'll need the mic yeah um before that he had reported on us presidential politics for the new york times in the 1970s hosted public television news boston news in boston and inaugurated the smartest of public radio conversations you can read a lot more about him i can go on and on but i'd love i'd like let him talk about his work but i will quote him uh, in an interview to the guardian this is what he said podcasting was born out of the despair around the iraq war it was a political response to a giant breakdown in the american conversations in the world conversation also i quote him he says one thing is we have a low budget we also have a few generous angels but we're also moving towards asking listeners to support us so that was uh, and that's very close to news laundry's heart because news laundry is also a subscription driven enterprise now amit obviously an entrepreneur that he is saw this huge opportunity in podcasts and launched his own platform So Amit is a serial entrepreneur who has started companies in technology and consumer internet space. He is now branched out to start IVM Podcasts that focuses on making podcasts. He wants IVM Podcasts to be the premier destination for spoken word content in India. I think uh, there'll be a conversation there because because his his take on podcasts is a little different. And when asked about the minimal growth of talk radio in India in an interview with R&B Biz in 2016, Amit said Let's take a city like Mumbai it has some 10 to 11 radio stations let's compare that to New York the city has 40 fm stations 30 f 
30 AM stations, its suburbs have 5 to 10 stations each. Look at the number of stations that you get there in comparison to here. So it obviously is a huge opportunity, the spoken word, the audio podcast. So uh, I'd like to start with, um, you know, the lady here, if that's okay with the gentleman. A BBC, I believe, is uh, betting big on podcasts and you plan to move forward with six, I was told, is that right? Six new podcasts. What has uh, been your experience so far and why podcasts? Why is that so important now? Uh, well, I think, I mean, you know, BBC has always been pretty quick uh, to uh, go to any new medium that comes up. Uh, and we've seen uh, BBC has been doing lots of podcasts in Britain, in the, in the UK, and they have been doing really well. Uh, in fact, um, I don't know if you've heard uh, Owen Bennett Jones's uh, The Assassination, which was on the uh, assassination of Benazir Bhutto. Uh, then they also did something recently called Death in Ice Valley, which uh, made a massive, massive impact. Uh, in fact, Owen went uh, a big award as well. And uh, we've had several other podcasts that have won massive awards. But what's important for India at this moment is that tonight, uh, at midnight, we launched the BBC's first ever podcast, uh, BBC World Service podcast, Meant for India. And uh, it's called Kalki Presence. And that's uh, tonight? That's tonight, yes. Okay. Yeah, we have a preview uh, episode, which has been a short preview episode, which has been out for a couple of weeks now. And uh, uh, tonight we launch Kalki Presence, uh, you know, which is, uh, it's called My Indian Life. And uh, just to tell you a bit more about it, if I have the time. Uh, sure. Um, it's going to be a series of 10 stories. Uh, of 10 Indians. Uh, these are very compelling stories, people, um, you know, uh, who are doing extraordinary things. Uh, we also have um, some of the stories which can be actually quite, which are dealing with very tough topics, uh, taboo subjects. Uh, so I would say watch out for it. You know, we launch um, at midnight and it's going to go up every Saturday, one episode until early October. Subtle plug, the BBC using the news lottery platform <laughs> to plug the BBC. Well, we I, hope everyone will, I hope everyone will listen to it Thank and you. give no, us I'm feedback. Sure. Right. Um, Chris, um, I'll, I'll just um, tell you a bit about Chris's podcast. They are really long conversations and they really discuss a subject threadbare. And Chris, you'll need the mic to answer that. Um, do tell us a little about your podcast, about open source. Uh, and more importantly, um, I put two quotes of yours, but I'll paraphrase. You believe podcasts are the real democratic medium. It's not video. You said there will never be uh, a monopoly for podcasts. Uh, why do you believe podcasts are so important? And uh, please explain why you thought that they were uh, a pushback to the Iraq war. Thank you, Abhinadan, and delighted to be here. I, I wish we could see you better, but we'll make the most of it. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, I wanted to, before we go further, what is a podcast? All a podcast is really is a so-called MP3, uh, uh, known as an MP3, but it's a recorded sound that can be syndicated the way you can syndicate a document or a paper. But it's, it's uh, unlike broadcast over the air, it is carried by the internet, which means that it is instantly global, 
Uh, it also has peculiar qualities. Uh, the, there are very few barriers of entry. You don't have to know anybody or to be anybody. You can do, you can do your own podcast. Every person in this room, every person in this conference can be a podcaster. Um, and it's, uh, it's very inexpensive. It's very liberating in that sense. Uh, you can be good, you can be bad, you can be somewhere in the middle, you can be evolving, but it's a very free space. And I think in that sense, uh, I, won't, I don't want to overdo it, but it, it's a fantastic breakthrough in human conversation. The, just the very thought that I can, and I don't mean here, but in my house, which is where we prepare our work, um, speak, interview, uh, write, for the world instantly is kind of an unbelievable breakthrough when you think about it. So let, let's, let's keep the imagination sort of running wild about what we could do with this medium. At the same time, the, the public conversation, certainly in our country, is it, it, totally in the dumper, as we would say. I mean, it's just a complete mess, and there's not much authority, not much discipline, not much order, not much substance in it. This is the problem that we, we've got to solve, but I think it can be done. Uh, I came out of conventional journalism, institutional journalism at the New York Times, public television, public, uh, public radio, and suddenly, um, uh, suddenly I was on my own, and the internet came along. Uh, podcasting, we will develop this, you know, as the as the, as the conference goes on. But to me, it's inseparable from politics. The, the idea of liberating commentary, speech, news reporting. Um, into the hands of anybody who wants to use it is an immense uh, step forward, really. I got into it in 63, which is coincidentally the start of the Iraq war, but I think they're intimately related. The, the, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you cared or noticed, but the, the, the war in Iraq, one of the great disasters uh, of world history, in my opinion, certainly it's easy to say now, one of the great blunders of American uh, policy government uh, it was completely endorsed by the media, including the New York Times, the Washington Post, the New Yorker magazine, the Boston Globe. Any, any institution you can think of got suckered into that whole thing. And it was driving me nuts right from the beginning, months before it began. And I thought, how do we combat it? So, suddenly we had this medium in which everybody could speak. A lot of so-called war bloggers uh, and, and uh, the independent media was not all on the case either. But for me, it was an opportunity to take media, public conversation, which is the, the vital lifeblood of a democracy, into people's hands, into our own hands. And uh, we'll come back to this, but for me, uh, podcasting and independent blogging has been political from the beginning. And the New York Times, I, this is a, a longer story, and I won't, but just to say, foreshadowing that, that um, uh, conventional media, what we call mainstream media, or lame stream media, or the old media, conventional media, corporate media, is still um, in a free fall down from the, the Iraq disaster. Uh, I mean, the New York Times speaks of building up their online uh, presence, but their, their revenue, they're an endangered institution. In my opinion, all of the conventional history, you know, the legacy media, so-called, is, is still in free fall. But the question is, which hasn't been 
hasn't been won at all. I mean, we haven't won that victory, but how do we organize a public conversation? But for me, there's a kind of abstract, open, political, philosophical question about how do human beings talk to each other within the United States, internationally. I think so many of the possibilities are still ahead. We and, uh, before we're done, I, ho I hope, I, I, hope we'll, I want to learn something about how India talks to itself. Are you pleased, are you satisfied with the condition of media in your own country, culturally, politically, musically, in I terms think of generations? You, you, you'll learn that over the next couple of days, but definitely uh, a lot of us will have a lot to say about that. I certainly will. We will have a one-on-one -on -one session with Chris tomorrow, so you can have a more in-depth uh, conversation with him. Okay. And um, Amit, now uh, I read the statistic um, just a few weeks ago that 2017 was the first year where the audio uploads on the internet were more than the video uploads. So uh, that is where we are at. Uh, so obviously, Amit, you saw this opportunity early on. And could you, you know, give me two perspectives? One is, why did you decide to launch this platform? And two, isn't um, the wisdom behind a platform against what Chris says is that podcast can never be like a YouTube. There can be never one, one platform that kind of owns it. Uh, let me address the second question first, right? Because I was thinking about that as he was answering. Uh, I think India is a different country. Uh, the, the opportunities over here, the challenges over here are significantly different than a place like the U.S. where, um, so there are a couple of reasons for that. One is U.S. is an iPhone-only country or a 50% iPhone country. You have a podcast app built into your uh, iPhones and that is what kind of makes it a lot easier for people to kind of subscribe to podcasts over here, over there. Google Podcasts has recently released over here, which I think is going to make things a little easier, but still discovery is a challenge, right? So how do we kind of make sure that the, how do we make sure that podcast content gets out to as many people as possible? Uh, if we have to give them explanations on how to download a podcast, and again, we, see, I mean, like everybody over here is English-speaking audience. We're all like, you know, uh, it's not that difficult for me to explain to anybody that, hey, go and get this podcast by doing this app, right? But if you want to get into the mass audiences and you want to really kind of want to work in that space, then at that point in time, you need to have an easier answer in terms of how do you get a podcast. And so that's why I thought that it makes sense to kind of build a platform around that. Also, if, uh, you know, I mean, like I look at what are the opportunities when it comes to monetization and uh, those, those, those kinds of things. And uh, without, a, uh, without a platform, it is a lot tougher to monetize some of the kind of content, uh, some of the content you want to create. Uh, it becomes a lot less predictable in terms of what you're going to be able to do when you get a launch going. So like if you have a platform with say a million users on it and if you launch a new episode, you know that if you publicize within the platform itself, you will get a certain, uh, uh, you'll get a certain listenership for that content at least initially. Then the content obviously has to stand on its own, but you will get a certain listenership for that, right? And that makes things more predictable and predictability is good if you want to try and kind of figure out how do you make money on this. Uh, so that, those are some of the reasons behind why. When you launched the platform, how big was podcasting at In that India? Time? My God, I mean, like, it's still tiny. No, but in the West, how big was it? Uh, so when I launched in the West, that time it was growing pretty... So I launched right after Serial happened, right? So I would say 2014... Serial had made podcasting something... Something in the West, right? I mean, like, so I've been following podcasts... Funny story, I first got into podcasts through Harry Potter. Uh, so Harry Potter's uh, fan sites had a bunch of podcasts available, and that's when I first started listening to them. I'm like, oh, wow, I like this. 
And that kind of got me into more political content, tech content, that kind of stuff. So I've been listening for a long time, but there were a couple of things necessary before you could kind of create a podcasting business in India. One is when you used to download a podcast using the iTunes desktop software, the instructions were literally 10 steps. Uh, go find an RSS feed, and put, it in, uh, put it in your iTunes, get it, download it from the iTunes. After you get it onto iTunes, you need to put it on a device of some nature, which will then allow you to listen to it, either through an iPod, or if you want to put it in your car, you have to burn it on a CD. You know, I mean, like, it was a massive, massive pain to do. Uh, smartphones changed that. 3G, now 4G, but 3G really changed that as well, right? Once 3G ubiquity came into place, at that point in time, it became much easier to deliver a podcast directly on the phone. Uh, so that was kind of the reason why I said, okay, now is a good time to start it. Um, so that was, I, I think that's kind of... The growth's been good? The growth, uh, so from an audience perspective, the growth has been great. I mean, like, our traffic numbers in the last year and a half are about 15 to 18 times higher, uh, depending on the show. So, I and mean... And this is, you think, a function of penetration and bandwidth? Uh, I think it's a function of uh, people who get into podcasts love podcasts, and they can't stop talking about podcasts. So there's a lot of word of mouth around it. We've got to work together, you and I. <laughs> It's good. It's good to hear. So I, I, um, you know, uh, come uh, come back to what the BBC is doing. Um, you know, Gita, um, I, I, I didn't quote this, and, and my former boss and current boss also, Madhu Trehan, is here. And each time I use an F letter, a four-letter word or the F for in the podcast, she says that is not how you talk. Whereas Chris says that the thing about podcast is the one place where you can just talk like you normally talk, and you know, things that you can't see on TV, you can see on the podcast. So the BBC, I assume, is very proper. And how proper are your podcasts? Is your podcast like a BBC voiceover? Or do you follow Chris's example of let anything fly? And uh, but I want to quote, I, mean, I, I came out of how do you produce radio? And I like production. I like, I, I, I like radio and podcasts that sound absolutely great. They use music well, voices are... are As your podcasts demonstrate. Uh, well, th no, but it, it, the point is that you can... You can do it very, very informally, mm -hmm. and um, but you can also edit it to a fairly well, make it sound as good as the BBC or as good as public broadcasting. Uh, and, and I like to think of the challenge of making it sound good, be mic'd, well mic'd, a good human voice, blah blah blah. Planned, casual. So, uh, so you, BBC has you know television, a history of television. Is how you're approaching podcasts fundamentally different in the kind of content you're doing and the style in which you're doing your content? Because BBC has a style. Uh, yes, actually I worked for the BBC radio for a very, very long time, for about, um, I think about 12 years um, as a producer and then as a correspondent based out of India. So I did a lot of radio before I moved to the website and now I've been doing... And is it different how you deal with podcasts and radio, both in content and style? Uh, well, um, you know, radio, of course, because it's all about like three minutes or one and a half minutes, right? Whereas podcast lets you breathe, gives you that space to do things. Um, I mean, one thing I was hoping you would ask me, and you did ask me about, you know, being proper, right? Um, I mean, of course, when I worked for radio, I was told not to swear even when I was not on air, you not know? Not to swear even when you weren't on air? Even when I weren't on air, as long as this I was This is a convent. The, well, as long as I was in the studio. Oh, or in the studio, okay, this is the holy the place. Or in front you of me. You don't. No, it's not that it was a holy place, but just in case 
somebody had left a microphone oh, open. Oh, hot mic. You don't right? want a Trump happening to you. All right. Well, exactly. Yeah. But that was much before Trump, right? You know, Trump probably wants it happening to him. But, you know. You don't want to grab them by the mic. No. Uh, no. So we were, so we were. <laughs> so we were, well, okay. So we were cautioned about that, right? And so I think, you know, as far as broadcasting is concerned, I am kind of, uh, you know, like reared in that school. Uh, of course, podcasting, we've been a lot more conversational, a lot more casual. It's a much longer uh, medium, right? And our podcasts are going to be between 20 and 25 minutes each. Um, but uh, even here, um, the BBC is following its uh, guidelines. and. Um, but in so, just style of content as well, the kind of stuff that you can do in a podcast well, is different from what you can do, let's say, in, in radio. Uh, well, actually, um, you know, BBC uh, Radio, uh, if you talk about some of the BBC programs like Outlook or various other feature programs, so they have been doing longer 10-minute, 12-minute, 15-minute versions, right? It was just a different kind of writing, different sort of um, delivery. Uh, it was... Um, uh, some of the stories were uh, more featurey, human interest, uh, so I think some of the stuff that we are doing may not be very different in terms of the like the kind of content, content, because over the years BBC has been doing that kind of stuff. Um, but I think here uh, it's it's a very different style so of. So what does podcast get you that radio doesn't? I mean, since you do, I mean, you are the world leader in radio. So like, what does podcast get you that you don't already have with radio then? Uh, well, podcast, the one thing that uh, you know we talk about that it allows you that kind of time and space, which you don't get on radio. Uh, it's also a lot more conversational. And, uh, and of course, I mean, you know, um, I think there's certain stories which we are probably doing or in certain formats, uh, which you won't do on radio. Okay, any particular kind? Sorry, Chris, I'll just come to you, but is there a kind of story that you wouldn't do on radio that you do on podcast? Like a certain kind, you say, but can you tell me what that would be? I mean, typically? Uh, well, um, I don't think that there are really kind of, uh, you know, any sort of stories that you would do on podcast which you won't do on radio. Maybe at some point uh, people would wisen up to that and they would start following them on radio as well, considering, you know, over the past few years or rather at least a decade I've seen uh, BBC has been trying to be a lot more conversational in its storytelling. Uh, so, um, so I think the medium had been changing. I think, um, you know, Maybe thanks to yeah. someone Chris. like. No, I was just going to say, don't you have to make uh, a fundamental distinction between institutional podcasting and individual, independent podcasting? And the, the podcast itself is just a device for um, uh, putting a sound file on the web. And BBC can do that, you can do that, we can all do that. Uh, but the question of who's in charge, who owns it. There are many other differences. I mean, you can, in the States, uh, podcasting is unregulated. Broadcasting is regulated. There are seven deadly words that you cannot say on broadcast radio. You can say anything you want on podcasting. So, and, and podcasting goes everywhere. The main difference, though, is that podcasting can be heard on demand. If, you're gonna, if it's broadcast in the morning, but you're working and you're going to be home free in the evening, you can listen to it as a podcast, as you couldn't ask the BBC, now I'm home, would you, would you rebroadcast it so I can do it? But it's also narrow casting as opposed to broadcasting. You can put things in a podcast that aren't going to be interested, interesting to everybody, um, but you can cultivate a, you know, a 
podcast on needlework or, or uh, you know, growing plants or, or any, any sort of thing you want. Um, at the same time, so the New York Times has podcasts now, and some of them are very good. Some of them are not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, but they have a boss, they have an editorial structure, they have an ownership structure, and they're supposed to make money, um, which a lot of podcasters don't feel. I, I think we're talking with here with a lot of people who can imagine doing a podcast, don't expect to get wildly famous or take over the world or become richer than God, but would love to be doing their own reflections, reading, poetry, uh, singing, or whatever you want to do. And, and uh, to me, that's the core of podcasting is in what the individual can do, how any man, woman, and child can become a podcaster, I mean, a broadcaster to the world on the internet. Uh, you know, on your podcast, I've noticed sometimes you get people who disagree with, with each other intensely, but the conversations remain very civil, and there's very little talking over each other. Um, is that a function of the medium, or is it how you pick your guests, or do you brief them that if you talk over each other, I'll throw you off the podcast, which I can't imagine you do. But that's, that's something I really notice about your podcast, that people who are compl- in complete disagreement wait for the other to finish. Uh, that may be the style I inherited from public broadcasting. And also because I, uh, I, don't, I don't look for people that I, I don't like to put them on the podcast. I mean, I, you know, institutional journalism in the United States, for example, especially around the Iraq war or even around Trump, um, is very restricted. There was no opposition. And people became famous like... Uh, uh, Andrew Sullivan, for example, or Tom Friedman on the war, who I thought were just enemies of the people. I, I would never put them on either a radio show or a podcast because I think they're, 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 they're just plain wrong and even in bad faith. So, but um, I, I think of um, our podcast sort of like, like this. It's a conversation you'd want to have with reasonable people and you're, you're hoping to enlist everybody's support. You could also make a terrific podcast that would be a sort of intellectual food fight, too. I mean, just, no, I mean, just really shoot it out uh, on the, as you, in ways you probably couldn't do in broadcasting. Okay. Um, Amit, um, can you tell us the various kinds of podcasts that you have on your platform? Like, you know, you said you're going to news, there was entertainment. And is there a distinction the way it's consumed, whether it is duration? or whether it is times of day, or just pure volume? Sure. Uh, So we do. At this point, we have 25 active podcasts that release. uh, A couple of them are twice a week, uh, sorry, twice a month, but everything else at least weekly, if not daily. Uh, So there are 25 of those. We've created 48 since we started. The most popular show we do is Cyrus Says with Cyrus Brocha as the host. Our second most popular show is uh, The Seen and the Unseen with Amit Varma as the host on that. Besides that, we do shows in finance, public policy, uh, LGBTQ issues, uh, a whole bunch of different comedy stuff. 
there's indie music. I mean, like, uh, for us, it's just, you know, I mean, like, the idea behind, uh, so we're very kind of on the idea of how to create an institutional kind of podcasting space, right? That's where we stand in terms of what we want to do. We want to have a widespread of things available in a variety of different languages and get people on board. And through any them. insights onto the consumption patterns sure. or profiles uh, of the There people? are two things that I would say, right? There are challenges of discovery and challenges of retention in India. When it comes to discovery, what I found is short-form podcasts work best. People are more willing to sample 10-minuters, 12-minuters, 15-minuters. But when it comes to retention, getting them to come back week after week after week, the hour-plus podcasts do best for that. So, I mean, uh, it's how do you kind of, uh, where do you make it, where, where do you lay your emphasis on that, right? So, I mean, like the way I look at it is if we do everything, make sure we promo stuff, uh, in the short podcast to get people onto the longer podcast, we can kind of move them from the shorter formats to the longer formats. But uh, so I think that's one. In terms of the kind of audience we have, like one uh, really interesting thing I see is that even though India is a 2% Android, 2% uh, iPhone country, we have 25% of our consumptions of iPhones. And that tells me that uh, the audience who's listening to podcasts right now is really, really, really limited, right? I mean, like, well, really limited in terms of the, uh, the, the, we're not reaching into the entire population base. We are basically looking at the, if you have an iPhone, you're a one percenter in India, essentially, right? So, I mean, like, that is kind of where we are right now. And uh, we need to kind of, if we want to democratize the entire conversational aspect of these things, then we need to make sure that we're getting into a lot more deeper spaces. I mean, what's the smartphone number in China? It must be higher than that. Uh, for iPhones? Yeah. Uh, I think iPhones in China are higher than India. I think they're like 15% or something like that. Mm. Uh, but even over there, uh, so China's a really interesting uh, 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 case, right? I mean, like, uh, they've built out platforms like what we're trying to do over here. There's a platform called Himalayan, which is doing amazingly well for them. It is a combination of professionally generated content, user-generated content, and content sourced from uh, different organizations and, and stuff like that. They do crazy numbers. I think they have something like 300 million active listeners every month. And uh, on a single platform, right? That, and I that's think- That's a few countries. Huh? That's a few <laughs> that's countries, a few exactly. Yeah, countries. So I mean, like, and that's something that I think that uh, there is a potential for that in India, especially if we start, uh, we need to make, uh, people get more comfortable listening to content in their own languages. And right now, everything we're doing, I, I mean, like we have four Hindi shows at this point in time, right? Everything else is English. Uh, we need to get into more regional languages because um, the nuances that people are able to create in local languages and understand in local languages are far more than what they'd be able to. The English native speaker in India is relatively rare. You know, most people are native speakers of their own languages and that's where you get nuance. And if we want to build... But, but if you're looking at it from a commercial point of view, isn't that all that matters to you? Because that's the one with the purchasing power who can actually... Uh, not you know, really. Target not really. I, I don't buy that at all. I think that a large... Uh, so I think that uh, we... Um, I have some fundamental ideas around, like, you know, why do we kind of look at targeting only certain people when we're trying to advertise, right? I don't think that that makes a ton of sense. I think that there is a lot of... I mean, look at platforms like ShareChat, look at platforms like NewsHunt, look at what they're doing right now, right? These are all regional language platforms, and the kind of revenue they're generating, the kind of numbers they're generating are just off the charts insane. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure if volume is any more a revenue model that, that is sound, you know, across the board, just, think, just, just pure volume. I, I think we disagree a little bit on that. Okay. I think there needs to be a mix of models in terms of how, sure. you, how you monetize this stuff. Subscription is one model, and I think that that's an important model for certain kinds of no, content. So is advertising. What I'm saying yeah. is um, selling advertising purely on the basis of 
per million clicks because that you know the, the rates have right. collapsed like in the last seven but then years we have to make sure that people six. understand that audio is different right i mean sure. like audio as a advertising medium is different in the u.s after live sports podcasting is the single highest cpm rate charged Right. So why is that? That's so I guess the nature of the you have to the, you have to be very clear on the nature, right? I mean, like if you look at the difference between radio and uh, podcasting itself, on radio in an hour's worth of uh, radio, this in India on the most of the FM stations you'll see 25 minutes plus of advertising. On a one-hour podcast, we put three slots, three and a half minutes total. Right, so I mean, like the amount of uh, space so that you get. So the formula is different. The, the, the formula the logic of the you look at it differently. Gita, um, you know. Um, Amit mentioned the duration, uh, so I was just curious: How did BBC come to the 20 to 25 minute? I mean, was there some market research that that this is the ideal length of the podcast? Uh, because he says for discoverability, uh, three to five minutes, maybe under 10 minutes makes sense. But for for a hooked viewer, you have to have longer podcasts. So, a, how did you come to that duration? And b, is there any plan of cross populating your podcasts on radio and radio on podcasts? And why? I think the time was, uh, um, I mean, there's still really no hard and fast rule on time, right? I mean, you know, that's what my editors in London keep telling me, that if there's a good enough story where you need a bit more time, do that. Sure, you can break rules, but the yeah. rule itself came from some logic, uh, from uh, some kind of market research? Well, I think uh, uh, BBC has done some uh, podcasts which have been longer. Uh, but I think the whole idea was to keep it, like, under half an hour, um, because... You know, that's what I think they've seen over the years, that um, uh, the podcasts which are uh, within 30 minutes, I mean, I guess it probably has something to do with the commute time, because that's when most people listen right. to podcasts, sure. and which is when I listen to podcasts. Um, and I think, uh, so, it's a, so it's a good kind of uh, assessment of time that uh, keep it under half an hour. So the whole idea, this was something that, uh, uh, you know, they had done, in fact, market research uh, in India, and um, and I think uh, the the idea came from there that we want to keep it between 15 and 25, um, and we've kind of settled down around 20 uh, for most of our pieces. And, and the cross-populating content. Uh, yes, cross-populating. Um, uh, well, uh, a lot of our stuff is uh, uh, the BBC World Service Radio is interested. Um, it's the matter of finding the time to do it for them, but uh, because of course they can't run a 20-minute sure. podcast. Um, and you know what he was talking about the languages, because BBC has a whole bouquet of languages, right? Language broadcasting from here. Um, and I'm also in conversation with the editors of the languages, and they're going to run uh, some of our pieces, uh, turn them. <laughs> around in local languages. So they're going to be going up on the language websites as well, uh, on the language um, radio and websites. And, uh, so you'll be doing definitely. In, in the language space for sure? Language space and as well as uh, on the BBC World Service in English. But it'll definitely be cut down versions, shorter versions. Um, you know, so as and when we find time, we'll do it for them. Yeah, you know, I, I want to go for questions because I'm, I'm sure there'll be many. But before I do that, can I just get a show of hands? How many of you listen to podcasts actually? So that's about, I'd say, a little under 50%. And how many of you, the podcasts you listen to are like, let's say, 10 to 15 minutes? And how many are like 40 minutes and above? So that's what? That's 10 to 15 first? Okay, and 40 minutes and above? 
So right. So there's a lot more people who listen to the longer format. So I guess even our little snap poll here kind of matches what what Amit said. Um, so I am happy to go in for questions and. Um, you know, if you have anything to add, please feel free. But I'd, I just let me say that uh, I did not like your titles for this event so much. Will audio kill the video star? Okay. Uh, I, I just wanted to kind of uh, make a point around that, right? I fundamentally believe that audio and video are not competing media types. I think that you consume them in very different headspaces. Uh, video is something that is consumed when you are either sitting back and, you know, you're at home, you're watching something, or you're on a computer screen, you're actively engaged with the device that you're well, consuming that media piece on. Whereas audio is something which you're doing during, uh, as a secondary activity, right? So you do, uh, you consume audio, commute, workout, chores. These are the three primary times when people consume audio. So I think that that is, uh, you know I mean? Like, and that's a conversation that I have to have with a lot of people all the time. Why should we do audio when we can do video? I'm like, they're different things. So I just want to kind can of- Can I throw in that. something on that? Sure. I, I think it's a big distinction and an important one. Um, the guy who taught me radio uh, made famous television commercials. He was a guy named Tony Schwartz, uh, now deceased in New York, but he did a lot of, he did Coca-Cola, he did a lot of political candidates, but he, he devoutly believed, and he wrote a book about it, still important, um, that the ear is more important than the eye in sure. terms of what you're thinking, you're talking, and he did, he, sh he made commercials like for, you know, I mean, I'm you're running for Congress or you're running for a thing. And he would say, okay, um, you've got a face made for television, but uh, we're not even going to see you until the very last minute. And he, he, he showed a clock and a second hand of a clock. He would say, now, would you give me 60 seconds to tell you about Abinandan? And it, the clock would be going, but he, he's talking about, people are talking about you, you're talking. His whole point was, and at the end, he would show you with your wife and kids and the dog and the cat and say, vote Abhinandan. Um, but that's the only part they would see. His whole theory and his practice was that the, the, the purpose of an advertising is to blind the eye so we can talk to you through the ear. And I think it's profoundly true. I did television for a number of years. Um, and I finally decided, uh, one time I came back from a vacation with a mustache. And uh, not, as, not as beautiful as yours, but people went crazy. You, know, you shouldn't, why did you do that? What I realized was on television, they're looking at your hair, basically. Male, female, um, do you need a haircut? Do you diet? Uh, they're, they're sitting out there arguing about your hair. They're not listening to what you're saying. On the radio, they're actually listening. They're not distracted by, you know, is he getting older? Is he getting younger? Does he like that person he's talking to? All this sort of... Um, the visual is at war with the audio, and the audio is what you remember. You hear more of a person, you hear accent, you hear age, you hear, hear emotion that you don't even notice when you're seeing it. In other words, I've become a sort of audio, I don't wanna say fanatic, but I, I think there's a bit of religion about it, that the audio, the audio, it, it goes back evolutionary. You, you, what you hear in terms of um, you know, think of the forest primeval. Your your, your ears are, are strategic and they're evolutionary, and we still they're still that way. Anyway, that's a digression. But I, I could just hear him for hours. It's wasn't it just so compelling the story about the commercial? But that was great, Chris. Uh, hopefully, more of that tomorrow. 
I will take questions. Amit, actually, we'll discuss this. I don't entirely disagree with you. Although this was actually, I didn't put the name, but I liked it. It was on, you know, Vedi. Uh, I know, yeah, it's, I so it, was it was It was because of that. But um, <laughs> I, I think the kind of content we consume on video, and now with, uh, you know, audio becoming ubiquitous, the kind of content we consume will really change. So I think you may definitely consume both. One won't die. But a particular kind of content will find more play on video, and a particular kind of content will find more play on audio. So I agree 100% with that. So, and for us, the stars will be the audio stars. <laughs> okay. So, sorry. Uh, so, let's get questions. Um, what, okay, we'll take one from Vivek. We'll take uh, two or three questions at a time, and that'll be more time efficient, I think. Vivek, can you go ahead? And after that, Hi. this gentleman here, and is there any lady? There's, there's a lady here. So, we'll just get one, two, three, and then come here. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lady right here. Fabulous discussion. So congratulations on that. Uh, you know, first a disclosure. You know, I have done podcasts both for Abhinandan and Amit. I mean, many more for Amit than Abhinandan. So I have a personal sort of uh, reason in asking this question. And I mean, I love doing podcasts, but when are they going to make money? So I, mean, I can also make some money in the process. Okay, that's one question. Can we get one there and then one from the lady here? Um, and so we'll just keep the question brief, right? I'm, I'm sorry, but I'll cut in if it goes too long. The question is totally brief. Uh, I'd like to ask Chris, uh, it was obviously a political decision uh, regarding the Iraq war, uh, the podcast. How effective was it? Did it impact the government? Any changes, any restrictions and challenges, if any, did you face during the broadcast uh, at that time? Did it bring, bring any substantive change or nothing at all? Okay, and uh, just one from the lady here. Great question. Yeah. Hi, uh, two questions and both from Amit, I guess. Uh, first, Amit is, I think Facebook started voice note, which was recently, which was, I think, uh, projected at people being able to produce audio content more right. frequently like they have mm -hmm. Facebook Live. I think they stopped it. So if you know the reason, if you could shed light so on it. And second, is also from you. Okay. Any artist would like to have a fan base. You know, they mm -hmm. want people to come back to them. It's anyways very difficult today, today in today's world to do that in video. How does one do that in audio? Okay, so let's start with um, uh, Vivek. So should we tackle Vivek's last? Uh, so uh, so no, yeah, we'll tackle those and then we'll come to Chris. Yeah. Right. So um, yeah, uh, you want to take that uh, first yeah, sure. and then we'll come to Chris. So uh, Facebook started live audio about a year and a half ago. Since then, they've kind of deprecated the product. Uh, it was a really interesting idea. We tried to do some stuff with it. Uh, but it was not. It, it, it was never fully baked in the sense that we couldn't uh, we couldn't take a feed from our audio boards and kind of get that directly transmitted. It, it was a janky kind of solution where we had to put a phone with a mic attached to it, and it was it was uh, trying to get everybody on a single mic rather than have the whole tracking go through. So we're not very happy with uh, the way that played out. And I spoke to a couple of people over there, and uh, the answers I got were fairly non-specific. Uh, it's in the plans, and we'll let you know when the enhancements come through. So I guess. Uh, no, they did audio. They did uh, so. They this was uh, about a year ago. They did uh, the same way that you have Facebook Live video. You had Facebook Live audio. It would just be a play button. You could attach your own artwork to it, and it would just play. So it wasn't exactly video. Video is actually fairly sophisticated. If we wanted to uh, run sound through uh, our board into a video, this then we could do that. Uh, that that that's fairly doable. But we don't really want to do live 
audio. We record like, you know, four weeks, five weeks sometimes in advance. So we don't want to put those out live. We want to put them out at the time we put them out. Um, Chris, you want to take the gentleman's question about if it was It's a very back? good question. As I understood your question was, um, is the opposition to the Iraq war politics, shall we say, now popular? Has podcasting or anybody, anything else really affected it? Any substantive change in the administration and any restrictions imposed on you? Any challenges put forward to you? Has it impacted? No, 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 no. There were never any challenges and no, and no restrictions. Um, it would be. Uh, we'll just take the answer now, thanks. Um, uh, but, so No, but the, I, I just want to say, I, I don't think, uh, it's not the podcast, the podcasters didn't win anything. And, not the, and I, I would just say the, the Iraq war demonstrated for me that something is profoundly uh, compromised and not working in American media. When you think of it just generally, and this would apply to a lot of places, probably India, but the public conversation as a kind of vaguely open, democratic, responsive, living engagement is broken. Tony Jutt wrote a marvelous book, to my taste, uh, as he was dying, called Ill Fares the Land. But he said the, the a lot of problems in, in, in the United States, but the vast majority of people are not part of any public conversation that matters, and they know it, and they're very upset about it. And to my mind, it didn't, it surfaced indirectly, but Trump at his best as a campaigner, staring down Jeb Bush and saying, your brother lied us into an absolutely crazy war, and saying the same thing to Hillary, was the, was the, he was drawing on uh, a deep uh, sort of anger, uh, just confusion. How in the world did they pull that war off? It's still going, by the way. You know, the war in Afghanistan goes on and on and on and on. These are not popular wars, but, the, uh, but there's no device in our politics these days that, that really engages public feeling around these important uh, military and diplomatic and imperial questions. And that's the problem we've got to fix. It's not fixed yet, and, and, the, and the podcasters won't do it. But the, public, the, the institutions of public media and public conversation were way, way, way um, out of it. They're supposed to be the party of memory and wisdom, experience, reporting, listening, and they're not anymore. That's why I think that's the main reason they're dying, and we're making it a little tough for them in the, as they go. That's the way I see it. Okay, and as far as uh, Vivek's question, when will uh, podcasts start making money? I think that question is not so much about just podcasts as about the news ecosystem. And I think that will happen when, uh, like any good politicians who don't have answers, say, So when will you start subscribing to keep news free? Because until you subscribe to keep news free and you keep, you know, being Mufat Khors and expecting news to be free, uh, people like Vivek's payments are going to be delayed hugely. Sorry, Vivek, the checks in the mail. But uh, or when BBC shares their money with us because they're very rich. You're very rich, right? BBC is public service, right? So. Okay. Uh, but is it rich? Actually, no. <laughs> That's what they keep telling us that how poor we are, and we have to always actually, you know, be responsible to our listeners and audiences. So. So do subscribe to Chris's podcast because it runs on. 
you know, people who contribute. And it is a mind-blowingly brilliant podcast. And also, whatever you've got left, you can give to News Laundry and subscribe to them. Can and I say, uh, one, one of the questions we have to get to sooner or later is, is podcasting ripe for capitalism, for for development as a profit center? And I think, no. I mean, I, I don't think the public conversation can ever be sort of sold off to, to investors or capitalists. Yeah. So I would disagree with that, especially in the Indian context. I, I really do. Uh, uh, so the uh, so one of the things is if you look at uh, you have in the U.S. you have a rich tradition of talk radio, right? You have thousands of talk radio stations which are currently in play. Uh, we don't have that in India. We have no talk radio at all. Really? Yeah, there is no talk radio. All of our FM stations are Bollywood only, uh, music only, primarily in that. So the conversations that need to occur in the space are not happening right now, right? I mean, the longer, more kind of this. We all see the news debates and those kinds of things, which are, you know, I mean, like somewhat parody at this point, where there are 10 people trying to talk over each other and you don't get any kind of depth of... But, uh, uh, sorry, that's also a policy issue which we can deal with when we have a one-on-one -on -one with him because the government doesn't allow current affairs and news to be discussed. It does not, on yeah, it doesn't. So we'll just take one more question and we'll wind up. Let's take it from this young man here and then, then we can just wind up. Uh, hello. Uh, so, uh, like for the past two, three years, my research has, uh, like in your podcast, I see a lot of potential in the way that how the order can be reconstructed, uh, where uh, your medium can facilitate the people who were uh, not allowed to be spoken before, how you can facilitate them to speak for themselves. Uh, so like so the question is how does the podcast get the people's voice uh, can, heard? how can it uh, reconstruct the oral from the people so where you can pass the mic on to them so how how can podcast reconstruct the order because chris you talk you know about reconstructing the order uh, what what role do podcast play in that and would a podcast be a better way to represent the people's voice so to speak like when do you pass the mic on to them that here's what they're saying or will it still remain yeah. a few people's views being... being. Well, a couple of things. Podcasting has not figured out really how to listen to the audience. And, that, and that's a, both a, not a technical thing, but it's a sort of an engineering thing um, that we've got to work on. What was the other piece, though? Um, oh, I, I, I see. Um, our podcast is always going to be a tiny little audience out there, one of many, many audiences. But I'm, I'm fascinated by Amit's idea of having a platform for podcasters that in itself sort of will never become the BBC, but it's its own self-promotional variety, different views, different subjects, different um, hosts, different styles that would, that would surface podcast together. I think we need that. Yeah, I think we do too. So I let's just put it together. <laughs> All right, so on that agreeable note, thank you, panel. Amit, Chris, Geeta, thank you so much. You have been wonderful. Thank you, audience, for your questions, for your patience. Um, and there's a session with Chris, a one-on-one -on -one tomorrow. Those of you who have more questions on podcast are most welcome there. Thank you. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.